Welcome to another edition of the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast. Today's episode of Stands and Fits is brought to you by the professional MBA program at the Ivy College of Business at Iowa State University. What's up, my man? Hey, dude. How's it going? Pretty good. Did we record last week? Yeah, we did. We did. We yeah, did. We did. yeah, I was like blacked out. Yeah. With, uh, after Af- after record, yeah. doing that marathon day of podcasting yeah. with Woody and I. Well, it's funny. We were, you know, I posted the the link to football and random things this week on the forums. And like the first comment was, how do you guys have the energy to keep putting out hour and a half long podcasts? Yeah. And I, I was like, I, I don't, I honestly don't know. <laughs> uh, but then somebody else said, they're like, this isn't very sustainable for Jared because he, he had to record the two back to back. Oh, yeah. It's, it's like most days I have the 24 hour period to to like rejuvenate, you yep. know, yep. Uh, that was not the case last week, but this week I had 48 hours. So yeah. So you're well rested for this podcast. Yeah, I'm fully ready to go. All right. All right. You want to talk football first? Sure. That was probably the most boring game in the history of Iowa State football. It was. And I was kind of doing double duty because I was babysitting at the same time as watching the game. Uh, so I was babysitting my one-year-old niece along with my wife. So Were you practicing? Uh, <laughs> I guess you could say that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I'll be in game time anytime soon, but yeah, I guess it was an early practice. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. I was just messing with you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't, it, it was just like they won. Yeah. It, it, after those two early Hakeem Butler touchdowns, it was like Iowa state's kind of control the, the rest of the game. And they, I think they kind of just put it on cruise control after those. Yeah. Kansas really sucks. Yeah. Like really, really sucks. They're not that good. I mean, they are better than prior years, Kansas teams, but still see, but it's hard to even like put it into you know context it's like yeah they're better than they were before yeah and then you look at it and it's like man still not very good no you know and of course now they're firing their head coach at the end of the season too yeah that was just a we talked a lot about that on on monday so if anybody yep. really wants a full dissection of that entire situation you can go back and listen to this week's episode of football and random things mm-hmm. uh let's look ahead to baylor this is a weird game to me because Baylor is scary in ways because you know they've got talent. They've recruited well the last couple of years, mm-hmm. but they don't do anything super well. And at the same and like simultaneously, they don't do anything super poorly. Mm-hmm. They're just super average at everything. And it's like, yeah, they can beat anybody, you know, mm-hmm. when they get hot. But at the same time, there's nothing about them that's like singularly that scares you. Yeah. And I believe I was listening to Chris on the way in on the radio show. And it sounds like they've beat the teams that they should beat. And they've also lost to a lot of good teams. So we don't really know necessarily how good they are. Yeah. Even. They're, they're, I mean, they're, we kind of know that they're a mediocre in the middle of the pack, big 12 team, but we don't know if they're closer to good or closer to bad at this point. Right. And even, even last week, like that was their first win against a team that I think anyone would really look at and be like, yeah, that's a quality team. Mm. You know, the other ones are against Abilene Christian, uh, UTEP, I think, or no, like UTEP or UTSA or something like that. Mm. Kansas, and then Kansas State, maybe. I think Is that so. right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's like four teams that are bad, mm. and then Oklahoma State. And Oklahoma State themselves have not looked very good lately. Right. Well, except for when they beat Texas. That's true. I forget about that game. That was a weird game too. Yeah, it was. Texas could. I wouldn't be surprised at all if Texas lost again this weekend. Because they play Texas Tech, correct? Right in Lubbock. Oh, Texas Tech will be without Alan Bowman, won't they? Oh, yeah, that's true. 
Yeah, he was still in the hospital last I saw yesterday. So if they had him, then I would be like, oh, yeah, Texas Tech, they very well could if they would, Texas. If Texas Tech would have had him on last Saturday, they might have beat Oklahoma. Very true, because he went out in the first half, didn't he? Yeah, he came out like right after halftime and then was throwing the ball on the side. But he couldn't do it. He no, couldn't go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Man, it's all going to come down to these last how, few weeks. Dude. How crazy would it be if everybody was back on the Texas's back thing and then they lost to Oklahoma State, uh, West Virginia, Texas Tech, Iowa State. I don't know who they closed the season with. Then they lost like four straight to four Big 12 teams and they're like, it's like everybody's kind of like, oh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Maybe not. Because it, I mean, they they rattled off a few of those big wins at the beginning of the year. But if they if they ended the year with a skid, then that would definitely signal. They that, would be right back where they already were. Yeah. Exactly. Like nothing actually changed. It was all an illusion. And it would be more ammo in my uh, Tom Herman is all flash and no substance argument that I get into with so okay. uh, with Williams all the time. If Texas does end the season badly, how much is Tom Herman on the hot seat at the end of the year? Man, he can't be on the hot seat. He's only been there two years. No, but I mean, at the same time, I would think that you would start to hear rumblings at that point. Yeah, because they were well, they had a, Texas. I they guess. had a ton of positive momentum after that Oklahoma victory, and then just, just to lose just yeah. to lose it all would suck. Yeah, I mean, on the same on the same you know vein, kind of they had some injuries and stuff like that. They yeah. almost lost to Baylor. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah, so like they're they would be this close to having and beating Oklahoma, and then they potentially could have like gone on a five game losing streak. Yeah, against and it's like some of those games they probably shouldn't have lost. Oklahoma State they shouldn't have lost too. They mm-hmm. must end the season with TCU. They might. That's what I. Yeah, because I don't remember them playing TCU yet. Mm-hmm. Oh wait, no, they did. Now that I think about that, again. did they? Did they? Beat that him? was the one when Sean Robinson threw like four interceptions or something. That's right. Yeah, man. And I, I going back to that TCU game where Iowa State lost. I still regret that game. The Big Twelve's so weird because it's like the only two teams that haven't had a boatload of like weird injuries and stuff is uh, <laughs> is Iowa State and Oklahoma. Yeah, and so it's like all the other teams. You know, you look at some of these games. It's like. Uh, uh, Jared, I don't know what you're talking about. We lost our starting quarterback at the very beginning of the year. Come on. Well, yeah, but are <laughs> are we sure that he was the best quarterback now upon further review? I mean, it's up for debate. Yeah, I, th- I think that it's very, wink, very wink. much up for wink, uh, very much up for debate. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but no, like like Texas lost Sam Ellinger for a while. And you're like, so you can't remember like when people were playing and when they weren't. Yeah. Sean Robinson, it's like the beginning of the season. He was playing, playing pretty well. And then he got hurt. Mm-hmm. And then he was like, there's games where he played really bad, but mm-hmm. he was like, you don't know if he was hurt or not. Yeah. It's just like it, you know, Kansas has had their games where like, then they played TCU in a game when TCU didn't had all these guys hurt. They didn't have, uh, what's his name? Uh, Kevante Turpin, you know? Oh yeah. And like, it's Off just, the team. yeah, there's just like all kinds of different, di- the Kansas state, West Virginia game when Bill Snyder's like switching quarterbacks and nobody, he's not telling anybody and <laughs> he's going it, rogue. Right. Like there's just been so many weird things that happened in the big 12 yeah. this year. Kind of on that same vein, wasn't it a few years ago that Ohio State was talked into the playoff because they had had one of their losses earlier in the year? Like they didn't have a their quarterback or something like that? Or am I making that up? Yeah. No, I know what you're talking about. That year that they, that was the first year of the playoff. Was it? When they lost to Virginia Tech in the first game. Okay. And again, But I can't, I don't know who it was. I know what I, I you're talking about. Yeah, but I, can't, I can't think of. Was it Braxton Miller? No. I can't no. remember for sure. 
But okay. Well, anyways. yes, yes, I think it might have been actually. Okay. Braxton Miller like tore his ACL in the off season, and they were going in, and we're going to be a high like a highly ranked team and stuff. And then that's when JT Barrett became their starting quarterback. Yeah. And so it was like his first game. They lose to Virginia Tech, and then run the table the rest of the way, and they ended up winning the national title. Yeah. Uh, after they'd gone undefeated the year before that, but couldn't go to a bowl game. And then the next year was when Braxton Miller came back and was a was a wide receiver and they played Virginia Tech again and he went off on Virginia Tech had like 300 all-purpose yards or something like that's that. right so anyways the reason I bring that up is because it, I know it's not exactly the same situation but in the event that Iowa State ends the year undefeated in the regular season and then even wins the the Big 12 championship game you kind of have to take a look and be like wow Iowa State was so much better with Brock Purdy once he finally started playing you know are you trying to make a case for Iowa State to the college football playoff I mean I I I know it's very, very unlikely, but if it's a bunch a, it's of it's not teams, gonna happen. Don't it's not gonna happen. Like say it's very, very unlikely. Like no, okay. it's not gonna. It's happen. like there's like a point zero zero one percent chance. But I'm just saying, like you kind of, if you're if you're a member of a bold like committee or anything like that, you yeah. kind of have to look at that. Well, if they won the Big Twelve Championship game, they'd go to the New York the New Year's Six. Yeah. Regardless. Yeah. Exactly. You know? And the, the I mean, if you're going to the New Year's Six at that point, it's okay. It's like Iowa State and. Georgia and the Sugar Bowl. Mm-hmm. I think I'd sign up for that. Very, yeah, exactly. the The real interesting scenario, too, kind of in that same vein, will be if Iowa State does win out, but then West Virginia makes it to the title game. So it's West Virginia, Oklahoma, mm-hmm. and then Iowa State sitting at home, but they're getting they're riding an eight game winning streak at that point. Yeah, or or seven game, whatever it will be. Do you think that they would get the respect that they deserve if that's what they finished on? Okay, what are they at right now? They're at four. So yeah, they'd have a seven-game winning streak to end the season. And again, and every, finished. every game Brock Purdy's played in, they well, won. And at that point, do you think they would? Do you think they'd play the Incarnate Word game if they didn't have to? Um, like if they're eight and three? Yeah, I, I do because I think I think uh, Jamie Pollard and Matt Campbell will, will both know that it's important for Iowa State, like because Iowa State has rarely won that many games in a year. So yeah. it would be it would make a record-setting year. So okay, you know? in that situation, if they went out and. Fi- Finish on a seven-game winning streak. They're eight and three. You get the incarnate word game. Then you're nine and three. Mm. Okay, you're nine and three on an eight-game winning streak. I feel like regardless of what the outcome of that Big Twelve championship game is, especially if one of the two teams, like if Oklahoma kicked West Virginia's ass or something like that, yeah, the second time that they played each other, I feel like Iowa State would be in the conversation to get like a at-large bid. I, I would think so. And that's that's another question though: is if they don't get if Iowa State doesn't make the Big Twelve title game. Will the title game itself depend, like, determine whether Iowa State's the second or third? No, they'd be third. Big 12. So automatically, no matter what, they're yeah. three to third. Yeah. That kind of sucks. So the only way... I See, I don't know how all this stuff works. It would all mm. come down to the rankings, which I would assume that in that scenario, especially if West Virginia was the one that lost in the championship game, then Iowa State would be ahead of them in the final ranking. Mm. You know what I mean? So then it's like... I don't know. It's weird because then West Virginia still only has two losses. Yeah. So there's a lot of this is this is it's gonna be confusing. Yeah, it is entertaining as hell, but very confusing. No, I think at the end of the day, Oklahoma just needs to go to Morgantown and win by like 70. Yeah. That would be the best case scenario in my mind. Yeah, definitely. I, I would be so pumped for a Big 12 title game, dude. You know what I can already envision happening? What? I already feel like that that Kansas State and Iowa State game is gonna be eleven o'clock on sa- that Saturday. And it will get over, and West Virginia, Oklahoma is going to be the night game. And that would will, be amazing. And it will be like the primetime game on ABC. So Iowa State beats 
K-State in the morning, and then all of Iowa State fans are Oklahoma. like are watching at that night, rooting for Oklahoma to find out if they're going to go to the Big Twelve Championship game. And I'm like, and dude, I yeah, that uh, that would almost be as nerve wracking as like watching an actual Iowa State it game. It would, but it, it would be it would honestly be fun as hell to root for Kyler Murray in Oklahoma. You know, just be be an Oklahoma fan for one night, just sit parked in front of the TV, drinking a few cold ones. Rooting for them. It'd so be the can, only time yeah. that all of uh, all of Cyclone Nation is happy to hear Boomer Sooner. Oh yeah, the more Boomer Sooner, the better. Bring it on! Wow, we really just like painted a whole scenario for everybody there. Yeah, but this again, is, I, and, like, and, and I, I guarantee someone on the forums is going to be like, "Oh, I'll take it one game at a time." But like, no, no, because I honestly believe I think that right now this is what everybody's thinking about. Every conversation I have with anybody about this stuff, that's always where it goes. Yeah. It's like these scenarios and yeah. how this is going to work out. And I think that's perfectly fair at this point because like Chris pointed out in a tweet over the weekend, it's up for the players and coaches to take it one game at a time. And I believe that they do. Yeah, like they ab- don't. absolutely. Matt Campbell, we've never seen Matt Campbell's team looking ahead to anything. No. You know? And I have no no worries about that at all. And but, when have when has Iowa State ever been in a position where they like <laughs> could like they had to look ahead? Yeah, fans you know? fans need to let loose and have some fun with this. Right. While it's an opportunity. And it's just, I mean, in basketball, it's not like in basketball where some of those years where it's the end of the season, Iowa State's like in third place and you're trying to, and everybody in the conference is like doing the math. Like, okay, how can Kansas get knocked off still? Yeah. No one is like, oh guys, we got to take it one game at a time. You know, nobody worry about what's going to happen with Kansas. Like we just got to hope that somebody beats them in the next game. Yeah. It's like, yeah, we got to hope that Oklahoma State beats them on Saturday in Fog Allen or something like that. <laughs> yeah. No, like that's not how it goes. And I get that that, in basketball, it's a little different just because there's more games, mm-hmm. you know, so it's easier to be. Yeah. Talking and about I feel like there's, hypotheticals, there's a bigger, there's a bigger home court advantage too in basketball. It's yeah. a lot harder to win on the road in basketball than I, than I think it is to win on the road in football, in my opinion. I agree. Man, imagine what the atmosphere would be in Austin if they did lose this weekend. I feel like the stadium would be half empty. It would. And I, I would think that would play into Iowa State's favor, obviously. I bet there'll be a lot of Iowa State fans there. Mm. Especially if they win this, there weekend. are a lot of Iowa State fans in Texas in general. Yeah, we're gonna need the DFW. Uh, yeah, Cyclone. Uh, yeah, alumni group. Yeah, the Gridiron Club group in DFW to to show up. You know they will though. Those guys are always very active. Yep. All right, should we stop beating around the bush and stop burying the lead? Sure. It's basketball season. It is. We want Bama <laughs> State. Bama State. We got Bama State. Yeah, we got Bama State. Uh, Bama State's bad which yeah. is exactly what Iowa State needed. I feel way better about Iowa State basketball after last night going into this Missouri game. Like, if I had to put it on uh, some sort of, like, I don't know, like some sort of graph. Yeah. This is, like, I was down here at the table okay. last year, and I'm, like, up here, like, halfway to the ceiling this year. Wow, so you're, you're much higher. Well, I feel good. It's nice that there's a there's a buffer game. You like well, you don't open with Missouri, and you know how much I love my guy Jeff Beverly. <laughs> yeah. uh, how much? Yeah, boy. You know, yeah, my boy Jeff Beverly. I I to this day I have the program that featured him at Hilton Coliseum. I have it on the wall in my in my apartment. Uh, that the team is exponentially more talented. I think they are considerably more prepared yeah. to face a Power Five team the first Friday in November mm. or second Friday in November than they were last year. Yeah. Also that game, I don't think like when they scheduled that home and home, it could not have come at a more horrible time for Iowa state to be going to Columbia. Yeah. You know, like the, 
losing all those starters from the prior year. Well, and at that time, you could have had no clue what was going to be going on there, you know? Yeah. Where I mean, at that point, they were coming off going like 6-20 and or something like something Oh, Missouri. Yeah, Yeah. something stupid. And then then they got Michael Porter Jr., of course. And then all of a sudden, we're going into this home-and-home, and and they've got Quanzo Martin as their new coach coming home, like after the last team that he really had huge success with was Missouri State. And then he's back in his old stomping grounds. They bring in this huge recruiting class with the Porter brothers, number mm-hmm. one, presumed number one pick in the draft at the time. Jeremiah Tillman is coming in from St. Louis. And mm-hmm. it's like everybody, like as much excitement as there had been about Missouri basketball since Frank Haith was, yeah. was, uh, was the head coach. Literally since Iowa State had hosted Missouri in the Big 12 Conference back in the day. Yeah. Uh, what what was Missouri's last year in the Big 12? Was that 2012? The year that they lost to Norfolk don't, State? Don't quote me. But yeah, I, yes, it was. Yeah. 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 Because they, they, I, 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 did they split the league that year? Uh, With KU? Yeah. I think they, if they didn't, they finished one game behind because they were really good that year. Well, yeah, they were a number two seed. Like, I'm pretty sure yeah. I picked them. They, I might have picked them to win the whole thing. I was at that, that game. At the, yeah. At the Norfolk State. Really? Missouri game. Yeah. Wow. What were you there for? It was in Omaha. It was just... Just a game to go to, Just like went... Me and my dad just went and watched. That's a special one to go to then. It was really funny because like the... You know, as fun as the game was, uh, Kyle O'Quinn plays for... He was played for a handful of NBA teams. He he played... He was like the star player for Norfolk State. And they had a crazy band. Like exactly what you would expect from a school like that. You know, with like... They had dancers and all this kind of stuff. And it was just like all these people from Omaha like had like all loved this band. Yeah. they're like the only people there supporting Norfolk State. And then all of Omaha got behind Norfolk State going against Missouri. Naturally. Uh, but I bet there was I bet there was a fair amount of KU fans there, too. Just yeah, because KU Rudy's. played right after them. Oh, did that they? was the. Oh, uh, uh, well, yeah. They, those those fan bases hate each other. That was the. I don't think it was the Ben McLemore team. No, because no, he was the next that. year. Uh, it might have been the Jeff Withy team. It, well, yeah, he was on that team, I know. But they had somebody on there that was that was good. Mm. It was like maybe freshman year Wayne Selden or something like that. I, I can't remember for sure. Could have been. There was, they had somebody El- that, Elijah Johnson, maybe? Yeah, yeah. They had somebody that was really good that, I, I mean, I know whoever they, I think they played, uh, they played Detroit. And Detroit had Ray McCollum, who, like, his dad was the coach. And then Ray McCollum, like, everybody thought he was super good. And I yeah. don't think he really ever did anything in the NBA. But, uh, no, but all I remember from that Norfolk State game is, one, Kyle O'Quinn would shoot free throws. And you, in theory, I think there's, like, a 10-second rule of, like, how long you can be at the free throw line. Mm. This is the only person ever that I've ever seen that would, that would legitimately push that limit every single time he'd shoot a free throw. It's like he'd get the ball in his hands. He'd dribble once, dribble once, and then he'd like get the ball up. It's just sit there for like three seconds and then shoot. <laughs> yeah. And then like everybody around is just kind of looking and they're like, is this guy like broken so did, or something? Uh, did he make them then? Like did, it, did his routine he made work him when for him? He made him when it counted oh, there you go. to get the win. Yeah. But uh, then the other thing, so we were sitting like in the nosebleeds and I still have the pictures of this to this day, but this guy came in with his buddies. You could tell that these guys had been indulging for mm. some time. This was like the matinee game, mm. but you could tell these guys had been having some fun in the old market. Uh, one of them fell asleep like during the first half. And uh, during this whole time, people around him, like he had a bucket of popcorn 
Mm. Like just, he was just like cuddling it while he's sleeping in his seat. His head's just like back. Yeah. Uh, his buddies were like picking his head up and they like put the bucket of popcorn on top of his head, like a hat. Yeah. And then like he, they were doing all kinds of other goofy stuff. So he was him. out just, cold then. Oh yeah. He was like, he, this dude was, if he was less than 15 to 20 beers deep at three o'clock in the afternoon, Whew. I would be surprised because this dude was like dead. Yeah. Uh, Eventually, his friends moved, like, to play a joke on him. He didn't wake up until, like, 10 minutes into the, and this is, like, in the first half of the first game. He didn't wake up until 10 minutes into the second half of the second game. Whoa. This dude slept for, like, three hours, and his buddies slept or, like, sat back behind him, like, three or four rows, and he woke up. He and just like, like looked all around trying <laughs> to find his friends. And they were all back there like laughing their asses off. <laughs> and this dude finally, like you could see he was trying to call them, like figure out where they were. Yeah. Eventually he got up and like took the popcorn, like slammed it down and walked out and just like threw a huge fit. And his buddies were up there just like laughing their asses off the whole time. Wow. And I knew he still had to have been drunk because they were sitting like three rows behind him and he didn't see him. Yeah. So I was just like, I that's Dang. like my one of my first experiences with just like some dude who was <laughs> blasted. Yeah, just blasted at a sporting event. And it's like, man, that guy just needs to go home. Yeah. You know? Yep. He's a dehydrate or excuse me, hydrate a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. But recoup uh, and recover. There's my there's my Missouri basketball story. Nice. I never would have known that had we not talked about Missouri basketball for the yeah. preview. Yeah. Missouri basketball. What a Brent Bloom has a Missouri basketball column coming out. That's right. Yeah, I need to read that. Do you know, have you read it yet? Have you edited it? I have not. Uh, I probably will read it this after or this evening Okay. before uh, before it's released. I, well, I mean, I don't know when it's coming out, but mm. I assume that it'll probably come out tomorrow. Do you have any other thoughts? What, what should we talk about from the game last night? Uh, I was just kind of like, we could talk about the newcomers a little bit, what we thought they played like. Yeah. All right. What do you think of, uh, right, let's lead it off with Shayok. What do you think? Uh, very versatile. Very smooth and athletic and i think i think he's gonna have um if if w wigginton doesn't lead the team in scoring i think he will honestly yeah i mean he's tough uh he's he's a. Uh, he, yeah he's a good player because I, I can't remember what his percentages were from three-point range coming out of virginia but not he's as, got not as good as what he, well, it looks like he will shoot. Right. He yeah. looks like he's got a smooth stroke, and I you know he he looks like a a Will Clyburn type, not exactly kind of that player, but similar. I would say. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I he I saw about exactly what I expected from him. That's mm -hmm. what we saw from him at Cap City two years ago. Yeah. He didn't play this past year, but the summer before that, and uh, he's a good player. I I don't I still think Lindell will be the leading scorer just like throughout the entire season. I honestly don't think Lindell will even average as many points as he did last year. I don't think so either. I think, the, the, like we saw last night, this team's going to be very balanced. Yeah. There's yeah. not going to be... Yeah, he's not going to have the times where he's scoring 28 points mm -hmm. like what he did Because he, he did that last year out of necessity. Exactly. Yeah, it was like there was nobody else to score points. Mm -hmm. It's like Lindell has to score, you know? Yeah. And Jacobson, he's better. I, I think he's even better than what a lot of people... Yeah. expect he, I, he's not gonna score 17 every no. night you know but he did a great job of when he needed to he shot and he made a lot of those like you know those 15 foot jumpers off pick and rolls and stuff like that well and that's the thing you he has to make people respect him mm -hmm. or else everybody's just gonna sag down into the lane yep. you know and he did make a three so he's he's got range out there if he needs to well and he said to us the other day he 
I don't, I haven't looked at what his, you know, shooting percentage was at Waukee high school, but mm. he told us that he could shoot better in high school than what he did in his time at Nebraska. Mm. And he, uh, alluded to something happening in that time. I don't know exactly, you know, what it was. Yeah. That headset sucks. I'm sorry. It's a little, yeah. I was uh, like, it's a little bit. It's all right. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, th- yeah. There's a point in the in football and random things where I took it off and I was like rubbing my head and Jeff just like gave me a weird look. I was like, my head hurts. Yeah, my head does hurt a little bit. I was, I was like, it's um, weird. But no, he he was he. Was, I would just say he's he's solid. Like there's no, I don't yeah. see really any holes in his game. He's he's solid on defense. He's solid on offense. He's not gonna he's not gonna kill you if you're the other team. But he he does everything he needs to do, and that's what he we need out of him. Honestly. Well, and Chris, <laughs> Chris was like, uh, he he's like, man, he's like, I like Jacobson. He's going to do all the things that nobody else on this team wants to. And this is probably not an exactly PC joke, but I'm going to make it anyway. I was like, yeah, man, you, you know, one could say you could compare Jacobson to, you know, one of the illegal immigrants. It's like they do the jobs that none of the oh, Americans God. actually want to do. And it's like, <laughs> and he just kind of looked at me. He was like, yeah, I'm not going to write that. <laughs> I was like, yeah. That's, that's, yeah, you don't write it, but probably we'll, we'll throw it, it on stands right. and fits. We'll throw it on stands and fits because now <laughs> people can hear my voice and know that I'm clearly making a joke. Yeah, it's you a know? joke. And I'm just kidding, but uh, yeah. Yeah, we'll transcribe that, that and put that on, in a tweet for you later. It'll be just like, yeah, somebody on Wide Right Natty Light's going to like grab <laughs> it and be like, look look at this. Uh, look at Jared. Look at Jared making these. Put, making uh, these put downs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, all right, what about... THT. THT, obviously he didn't shoot very well last night, but I think everyone can kind of see he's got the potential of when he's, especially when he's making those three-point looks that he got a few open. Right. Um, and he, they just didn't fall. I think he um, tried to do too much. He pressed a little bit. Um, and I think that he's, as he plays more, he's going to realize that he doesn't have to be the guy all the time. Right. And I think he was the guy a lot when he played, you know, coming up in AAU and high school probably. So once he settles into the role of, you know, take what the defense gives him, he's going to be a real, real nice player. Well, it's, it's like he missed those first couple threes and then he got one more open look. And I, I remember he didn't shoot it. And mm. I was like, man, shoot the ball, kid. Yeah. Like you, he'd miss like three maybe. Mm. And, uh, it was just one of those moments where you could tell that he got inside his own head a little bit. Yeah. I was like, just shoot it, man. Like everybody here knows you can shoot the ball. Just nobody's going to get mad at you for shooting, no. you know, just shoot it. Uh, I think that we both will probably agree that the one that we came away most impressed with was Tyrese Halberton. Yeah, no doubt. You and I pointed this out in my mailbag column, but you you kind of told me that in a prior podcast that you thought he'd be the like the under the radar contributor this year. And he, at least from the first game, it looks like he will be. Sometimes it's almost like I halfway know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Sometimes. Sometimes. Dude, yeah, he's he's a very smooth um his shot's a little weird it, it kind of low release point uh-huh. but his shot is goofy you can just say it it's, okay. an, it's an ugly shot it's, it's, it, well it's not jacoby long uh, no it's not jacoby long goofy it's like it it is still smooth whereas jacoby's was just like was just ugly yeah you know it was like charles barkley golf yeah. swing well and that's what i you know there's other media members that have said like his shot is gross and it's like hey man it, if, it, if it goes in, it what's goes it matter? In. You yeah. know, like it. If it goes in, it's not getting blocked consistently. Then right. You're fine. Exactly. Well, it's like Lonzo Ball in college. Everybody's like, his shot's so gross. It's like the dude shot like thirty five percent from three. I don't think you can complain too much. No. You know? No. It, it. If the shot goes in, who cares? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's how I feel like Tyrese is. Mm-hmm. But even Prohm said this last night after the game. There were moves that he made that I don't think 
anyone realized really that he was capable of that kind of stuff that the step through move he made in transition yep that one uh coming down the first half and then he had that nice euro step in the second half that's too. the one actually that i think i'm that oh I'm was talking it? About. okay yeah. yep uh where it's like the defender kind of blew by him and he like pulled the ball back over and went like and laid it in yep i looked at chris i was like dude that's big time it is that's a big time move right there yep and i'm not sure that he in the way prone put it I, th- I think that kid's a gamer, dude. Yeah. Because he said, he's like, I haven't even seen him do that in practice. Really? And then he comes out and does it in a game. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I think that kid is, I don't know even know if he realizes how good he could be yet. Yeah. You know, he just like does things. And honestly, if he if he's a somewhat consistent finisher, especially in transition, then that's going to be big because I think a lot of times last year, especially a guy like, I mean, I, I love the guy, Donovan Jackson, a lot of times since he's just a little bit shorter, he couldn't really get to the rim and convert in transition. He was also out of control. like half Yeah, he, he was going a little too fast, I think. Yeah. But if Halliburton can kind of, you know, make the layups on occasion uh-huh. like that, that's actually going to be really, really big, even though it doesn't seem like it. Right. Yeah, I think that his his ceiling as a college player is very, very high. And, yeah. as, and as much as anything, that's because I think he'll be here the longest yeah. to, like, keep getting better. He's definitely going to be, if he stays here, he's going to be a four-year player. Yeah, him and Condit both are in that. Yeah. I think Zion's going to play a long time, too. Zion, Zion's weird because of the fact that he's been hurt so much mm-hmm. that it's hard to... I wonder if that's hurt his, like, learning the system it has. part of his it game. Has, yeah. yeah. And I think that's why it took him so long to get in the game. But at the same time, when he came in, that's when they went on that big run mm. last night. And uh, his hustle, just like, he's just tough, you yeah. know? I don't think he's going to go out and knock down five threes for you or anything like that. Yeah. But he's going to go out there and be kind of like a mini Jacobson in a way. Yeah. And, you know, if you if you would have showed me his tape, and for what I remember watching, I, I would have pegged him as like a, a three. And he played a lot of the four last night, yeah. which is fine. He's It's kind of like a, almost like a Melvin Edgem situation. All these guys just look like puppies, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like I was so I was saying that to Chris. This is like every single one of them, they're all they've all got these like super long arms. Yeah. And they've got big hands and big feet and long legs. Yeah. And it's just like, but at the same time, they're like George and Tyrese especially are super skinny. Mm-hmm. And they just look like they're still like growing into themselves. Yeah. And I know that Taylor Horton Tucker and probably maybe Zion won't be here for all four years. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see. Depending. But at the same time, like if you get, you know, two or three years from now and they're all, they've all grown into their bodies and they're yeah. all, you know, big 12 players, mm-hmm. then that's going to be I think a great core. I think Condis going to be a really good player too. He's got very good timing from what we've seen. He's Again, not going to be that guy that you want. The, I'm interested to see how his offensive game evolves because he's not going to be Cam where no. you want to throw him the ball on the block and yep. like let him just go to work. But at the same time, he, you can put him in that dunker spot that you could with Jamil and throw the ball up to the rim and let him go get it. Yep. And he's tough around the rim. And then he can, I think, he could threaten Cam's record, like for, if he plays enough, could threaten Cam's record for block shots. Yep. Yeah, he's the, he's definitely the kind of guy that he he waits on the backside. He can, you know, clear out so the guards can drive. And then when the guards drive and if they miss, then he's the guy that, you know, cleans up and puts it back in exactly or and he runs well that's my favorite thing about him is how well he runs the floor mm-hmm. there was at least one time where someone kind of got to the rim in transition i think it was lindell he got to the rim in transition on the right side and then he stopped came to a jump stop and then he threw a little like dump down pass to george and he went up and laid it in and got an and one yep and it's like that you don't get that play as a big man if you're not running the floor yeah you know i really like him but it was funny I said this specifically about THT. I was like, I don't know if Iowa State has had a guy who's just more 
who's just built weird than he had, he is. Yeah. Recently, I, I, I made the remark um, that he is actually built kind of similarly to Jeff Beverly, except he's just way more athletic. Yeah. Like he's got the body shape of Jeff Beverly, but obviously he's way more. Again, he's got like he's got long legs, yeah. long arms, and like a super short torso. Yeah. It's like a but very broad shoulders, too. right? It's like a swimmer, like almost. Yeah, you know, like how they always talked about Michael Phelps that he had like the perfect, yeah, uh, body um, makeup to be a, like a great swimmer, and that's why he was so good. Yeah, it, it's like maybe THT was meant to be the next Michael Phelps. Maybe, and he just got good at basketball and left swimming behind forever. For sure. All right. Do you have any other thoughts? Um, I don't think so. I, I, we kind of. Briefly... I think these guys are gonna be good defensively. Better than what we it have sounds, seen recently. It sounds like Prome has emphasized defense more in practice lately. I don't, I th- I don't I think, know if it's even that or if it's just like they – just the way they are. Like mm-hmm. they are made up to be good defensive players. Yeah. And the crazy thing is like they – again, they didn't kill Alabama State, but they looked very good at times. And the thing you have to remember is that, you know, this is all without Cameron Lard, without Solomon Young, and without Zoran Talley. Yeah. So it's going to be – Pretty interesting to see once they get back to full strength what goes on. It'll be interesting to see what he does with lineups because I mean yeah. the, their best lineup last night was uh, the weird one was, in the second half. Right, was the weird one with uh, it with Lindell and Terrence and yep uh, and Zion Zion George and and Tyrese. Yep, it's, <laughs> it, it's like three of the guys who you could have possibly put in as like their five or, or three of their five starters yeah it's like they weren't even that best lineup and, last night and that's the thing like if you if you would have asked anyone before the game pick iowa state's Four of best the five starters i guess best lineup for the night that that wouldn't probably be in your top like 10 lineup choices absolutely not honestly any you know that i i was big on i i was one of the majority owners of terrence lewis stock yes uh any lineup including him I'm not sure that I ever would have been like, oh, yeah, that's that'll be one of the top five lineups tonight. And, you know, regarding Lewis, his you can tell that his role, he's going to have to be a three and D guy like big time this year to get minutes just because Iowa State's so deep at the wing spot. Yeah, I feel like he's going to be the odd man out. I wonder. I wonder. I think he and maybe Griffin might be limited in their minutes eventually. But I mean, I wouldn't even be surprised if. If eventually we ended up seeing Zion redshirt, to be honest, yeah, just like out of it's like we, if, it's if, just like if we don't he, need you as much this year, yeah. If we if we don't need him, and if his knee isn't necessarily one hundred percent, then yeah, right. Just take a year off, you know, get healthy, come back next year, and be a big contributor. Exactly. Yeah. All right, we'll do hot and not when we come back. You're listening to Stands and Fits, presented by the Professional MBA Program at the Ivy College of Business at Iowa State University on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. Hello, fanatics. This is Chris Williams. There are few financial commitments you will make in your life that are more important than where to get your mortgage from. That's why I want to tell you about my friend Jason Larson at Gershman Mortgage in Ankeny. Here's a real review from a client on Facebook. Jason was amazing to work with. He kept in contact with us where we were at throughout the whole process. When we went to sign, he had coffee and donuts for us that morning. He was super kind and helpful, and we said we would refer him to anyone looking to buy a home. Now, that's just one review. Jason Larson, Gershman Mortgage, and Ankeny is an equal housing lender. Their NMLS number is 138063. Give them a call at 515-554-6177. Please tell him that Chris Williams and Cyclone Fanatics sent you. Hey, guys, it's Williams here. On the podcast, on our radio shows, we talk a lot about point spreads, you know, all that stuff. To be honest, I'm not a big better, but I'm really 
just fascinated by that industry. And I want to recommend a service to you guys today if you're interested in that sort of thing. MyBookie.ag is the website. If you join right now and if you give them our promo code, they will match your deposit dollar for dollar. This is a really good deal. Our promo code is 2427. Again, that promo code is 2427. They have live in-game, live betting. They're in the business for you fantasy guys out there. You can bet over-under on fantasy points for players. There's all sorts of really cool things. MyBookie.ag. Again, that promo code is 2427. You play, you win, you get paid. MyBookie.ag. Hey, guys, it's Chris Williams. We're in the heart of football season now. And I got to tell you, I feel a lot better than I did a year ago. And I owe a lot of that to Dr. Kruger at the Ames Eye Clinic. Also, uh, their Des Moines location is, they're called Des Moines Eye Care in Des Moines. Same guys, really great eye doctors. I never thought that I had eye problems. I don't really have problems seeing or anything like that, but I was suffering from chronic headaches. I mean, it was nonstop. I always had a headache. And I think a lot of it was because I stared at a screen all day. Dr. Kruger took a look at my eyes, took him about a half hour, and he knew exactly what was wrong. Prescribed me some glasses that now I use while I'm on my computer, while I'm working for you guys at Cyclone Fanatic all day. And man, has it made a difference. I'm even sleeping better. I challenge you, if you have a problem like this, any sort of eye problem, to contact our friends at Des Moines Eye Care and the Ames Eye Clinic. You can check out DesMoinesEyeCare.com or AimsEyeClinic.com. I would encourage you to do this and tell them that we sent you. Tell them thank you for supporting what we're doing here at Cyclone Fanatic. Time for Hot Nut on stands and fits. All right, should I go first? Sure. All right. My hot this week is Drake University. I believe on Twitter they announced today, or at least I saw it on Twitter. They're selling beer in the Nap Center for the very first time. They are selling beer in the Nap Center. So... Channel 13's current, well, current Channel 13 news reporter, Michael Admire, decided to join the Drake bandwagon at the right time. And I think that by selling beer, they're probably going to get a lot more casual fans to Drake games. Oh, without a doubt. I will fully admit that I already looked up what season tickets are to Drake basketball games. <laughs> Did you actually? Yeah, I did. Well, I didn't look up this actual like season ticket package. I yeah. looked at, they do like flex packs where you can get like oh, really? six games or something. And I was like, especially if you can pick the games. Yeah, because there's going to be, I mean, obviously Loyola will come to town. You and I, right. those will be good games. Right. So I was like, I was like, man, it might as well even be worth it to just look. It, you yeah. Know? yeah. And you know, I love basketball. Like I'll go to a basketball game every night of the week if I can. Yeah. So that I was just like, yeah, I'll, I'll just check and see. I will be curious. I didn't, I didn't. Their women's team's also really fun. So. I didn't read any of the articles um, that explain. I don't know if they mentioned what kind of beer they would serve or anything like that. I saw Keith Murphy say that like normal draft beer, 16 ounces or something, okay. it's like $6 and then it's seven for okay. craft beer. That was going to be my next comment. I, I didn't see yeah. the prices either. So six six and seven, that's pretty typical for a sporting event, I think. Yeah. It's not NFL bad, but it's not cheap And it's not either. even Wells Fargo Arena bad. What do they Honestly, serve it for there? You can get you get like a 25-ounce can of Bushlight at Wells Fargo Arena for $10. Yeah, it's steep. You know what you can pay for one of those at? At like your, two bucks isn't at it? your neighborhood gas station yeah like two dollars yeah so yeah, it's well, just a 500 percent markup we, we have a little bit of experience in buying beer like that at gas stations yeah you might say <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> uh but yeah that 
I think that definitely will be is if nothing else, it will make it something that's like a Friday night. Like, man, I got nothing to do. That's a very good. That's a very know? good point. Like you, if if you don't want to go down to the bars or do something like that, then be like, hey, let's go hit up the Drake basketball game instead. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I, I say that now. <laughs> Probably, I, realistically, <laughs> I probably won't go to a single game, you know, yeah. like, but I mean, honestly, I'll try and go to one, but it's like, yeah. at the end of the day, then you're like, yeah, I'm not going to ever. And honestly, it. seeing a game against Loyola would be really fun. Now, yeah. that, now, you know, everyone knows how good they are because right. they bring a lot of people back for this year's team too. Yeah. Yeah. Most notably Clayton Custer. Yeah. That guy. Yeah. Man, it would have been, I guess it wouldn't have made that much of a difference to have him last year, but no. uh, Yeah. That's that's definitely a, a hot for the for the Bulldogs though. Yep. My hot this week, the black helmets. Yeah, they look that sweet, the team dude. will be wearing on Saturday with the Chrome Iowa State type logos. Yep. I have been in full eggplant <laughs> for going on about six hours. So yeah, you need to see your doctor for sure. Yeah, I need to see my doctor, uh, or else I'm gonna have some serious health issues yeah. before too long. This this is exciting because we had seen the the regular black helmets with the the, the white stencil. the white stencil, but we yeah. hadn't seen the colored chrome Iowa State. That looks slick. Yeah, it and looks like it's going to go really well with the the cardinal uniforms. Yeah, I would have even I think it would have even been cool to see them go with black pants. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure they'll break that combo out if not this year, next year. It would. I think another cool one would be that helmet with the white jersey. Black with pants. black pants. Oh, yeah, dude. That would be good. I can't wait for that one, too. Yeah. I, I think that they're... I honestly am surprised that they're doing any of this, like, mixing and matching type stuff. From what I'd heard before the season, it was basically they're going to go, like, color rush all the time. Oh, really? Yeah. And now they've done way more than what I expected to, just, yeah. like, with working with combinations. Because I, I remember last year, basically, every game between the first and the last, because they, I, th- I think they did the same combo for the first and the last game, but every game between that, they did something different. Mm-hmm. And I think they did... Cardinal, Cardinal, Cardinal for the quote-unquote first game that never happened and then the, the next game at Jack Dry Stadium too uh, against Oklahoma. But other than that, I think they've changed it up for every game this year too. Yeah, definitely looks really good though. That helmet is phenomenal. It's pretty for yep. sure. All right, what's your not? My not, college basketball teams not named Duke. I don't know if you watched the game last night. I, d- I didn't watch the game, but I saw highlights and yeah, everyone was blowing up on Twitter about Duke being so good. Mm-hmm. And they are, they're extremely good. Yeah, my they, dad was texting me. He's like, he's just, saying, he's like, man, this Zion kid is a freak. Yeah, he's a freak. I was, I was like, yeah, dad, we've known that for like three years. <laughs> yeah, he's a freak. RJ Barrett's super good. And they just look like they, like they. Cam Reddish is good. Yeah, their whole team's good. They're going to be very, very They're good. They're going to have like three guys that go in the top 15 in the NBA draft. Yeah, maybe even top 10. You never know. Yeah. I, I know Kansas is supposed to be really good with. Dedrick Lawson and all this stuff. I I think that Duke is, if they come together, and I, I saw, this was funny actually, it was uh, Gary Parrish uh, from, what's he from, CBS Sports? I think so, yeah. Yeah, he tweeted uh, out a column today, and it was like something about whatever that was, four years ago, at this time we were, after the Champions Classic, we saw Kentucky go out and kick the crap out of a, can- a good Kansas team mm. with obviously Carl Anthony Towns yeah. and that crew. And it's like, and they went 38 no before finally losing a game. <laughs> yeah, I got you. You're good. If you, okay, you're good. Okay. All right. I'm back. I'm back. Uh, they um, went 38 no before losing a game. 
And then it was like, how long will this Duke team go before losing a game? Yeah. And I was like, man, okay. So it's like, it's like that then. Yeah. So how let's, all right. Hypothetical for you. I was just going to give you a hypothetical, but go ahead. Hypothetical for you. Uh, Iowa State could play Duke in the championship game of Maui. Yeah. What, how does it go? Iowa State probably loses by 40. <laughs> and then I, my hypothetical was You obviously got to get through Gonzaga, who's also a top 10 team. My hypothetical was going to be not necessarily that you're Iowa State, but how in general, if you are a college basketball coach, would you try to defend against Duke? I didn't watch him last night, mm. but I know R.J. Barrett can shoot the ball. I know Cam Reddish can shoot the ball. Zion Williamson can shoot the ball. Zion Williamson can shoot the ball. That's the one thing that like, I always was... I didn't know about Zion where it's like, yeah, he has range. You no, know, we know he can, we know he can dunk and we know he can do all that crazy. Like he can rebound, do all that kind of stuff. Can he do anything else? You know, it's like, you didn't see him do anything else in mm-hmm. his highlight tapes. And which makes sense when you dunk that much, it's like, there's no time to show it. Yeah. Look, look at his mid range game. You know, it's yeah. like, no, like here, here's another badass dunk that he did. Cause if you, if you watch highlights from his game last night, he like, the, the comparison between between him and senior year Deontay Burton, like except, you know, he's like a foot taller. Well, that's what my dad said. That that's the exact same comparison my yeah. dad said. He's like, there's a lot of Deontay Burton in yeah, Zion. I was 100%. like, I was like, the only difference is that Zion is senior year Deontay at 18 years old. Yeah. And he probably doesn't quite have that same like no, 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 yes factor yeah. that Deontay did. Yeah. You you feel fine with Zion Williamson taking any shot on the floor. Right. Yeah, that that team is going to be really, really good. Yeah. So again, back to my question how would how would you try to defend them? Like, do you do you just do like a a, a line in three? What do you do? You know, man, I I'd say you zone them, but and then they're just going to shoot you out. Of the but building. I know that they can. Sh- they'll just shoot you out. Of the- it's almost like you. I need them. To, I need them to play Syracuse, and then mm. and then I'll know. Yeah. It's like okay, can we zone these guys? You know, and if you. If you can zone them and they'll shoot themselves out of the game, then that's one thing, you mm-hmm. know. But will they will they be disciplined enough? It's still a young team. Like, will they be disciplined enough to work the zone and get themselves open shots and all that kind of stuff? Which is that's why like Syracuse, what they do is not built for the regular season, which is why every year Syracuse everybody's like, damn, Syracuse is making another one of these runs. And it's, it's so like, hard to scheme for well, Syracuse. Exactly. Man. It's just like it's it's what happens every year, and it's that's exactly what Bayheim's plan is. It's because that zone that they run, nobody else does it. So then by the end of the year, you get to the tournament time where you have two days to prepare, prepare for, for them. It. And you can't and you can't do it because it's that's so it's so hard to play against. And even then, if you what you can prepare for, you can't simulate simulate it. what they are able to do with their length. Yeah. And uh so that uh that's that's a different college basketball tangent. But yeah, yeah, I don't know how I would guard Duke right now. It's tough because Again, even if you say you you had the Syracuse zone and athletes, they're still so long. Duke is that you could you could theoretically throw it into the high post and like do, like you know do the whole right. high low post game even within the zone too. Well, and I I just don't know the thing that Kentucky team had that went um, that made it to the final four undefeated is they had so many good veterans. Like you had both the Harrison twins who had played in the national championship game the year before that, or the. They play in the national championship or they play in the final four? Uh, I can't remember. I think it was, of, I think it was the national championship. Yeah, whatever it was. They made it a long run, obviously. Yeah, yeah they played for the national championship because they beat Wisconsin in the final four. Uh, I think that's wrong, too. Anyways, whatever. That whatever. team, that's very, yeah, that was whatever. very good. Whatever. That team, that was really good. They, uh, they 
had Devin Booker, who was awesome, and which, as we know now, is still, still awesome. Is still awesome. Carl Anthony Towns in the post. Still awesome. Which we know is awesome is, and remains awesome. Both the Harrison twins. They had a good mix of like other big men who were not as obviously as good as Carl Anthony Towns. Willie Cauley-Stein and, like, uh, and just like a good group of guys that they could score from every level. Plus, they had veterans that were like used to making big shots and stuff like that. Mm. We don't know right now if Duke has that guy, you yeah. know, where when it's like, you're playing North Carolina on the road in Chapel Hill and it's, you know, 76 to 77 with six seconds left and you need someone to make a shot. Yeah. Is Cam Reddish going to make that shot? Is RJ Barrett going to make that shot? Like, do you trust Zion to shoot that shot? I mean, you probably do because you know how good they are. But at the same time, do we know that they can come through in that moment? That's where when I hear people talking about them compared to that Kentucky team, I'm like, okay, let's let's slow down a little bit. I don't know about that yet. But they also have the uh what's his name alex o'connor and trey jones is another good guard that's a true freshman as well it's like it's just they're just stupid yep coach k beat coach cal at his own game though he did he successfully has passed like coach cal's and i think that was it was kind of a matter of time too right because once once coach k picked up on the coach cal strategy then he can use the coach k-ness of his coach k we'll see what happens now with uh (laughs) With his bagman in Pittsburgh, though. Yep. His his bagman's moved on, but uh, that'll be it. Because I don't think they even have a commit for the next class. Duke doesn't. Well, obviously, all these Duke commits are, or all these current Duke freshmen are going to stay in school. Come on, Jared. They're definitely not going to take that guaranteed NBA money. Right. <laughs> I'm sure that the, these guys are. Uh, you know, they're the, looking. The definition of student athletes. They want to get their degree, man. I wonder what they're all majoring in. What do you think Zion is majoring in? Uh, okay. Uh, wait, wait, wait. What's the what's the very general one? I'm gonna say uh, just general studies. Well, it's it's either general studies, communications, or something. I think wasn't the the African American studies one of the UNC athletes? That was yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna say it's one of those three. All right, we're pulling it up. Or liberal I bet arts. It's, I was gonna say I bet it's just like some sort of just general, you yeah, know, thing. Uh, Zion Williamson is majoring in chemical engineering. <laughs> it I don't it doesn't even say. Oh really? No. Are they hiding that information nowadays? Yet yeah, they knew it doesn't even have a major list. They knew that okay, so now Google straight up uh Zion Williamson major. I'll see if I'll see if like Cam Reddish has one listed. Because then maybe it's just like they don't maybe they haven't decided yet. Undecided. Maybe they're all undecided. Yeah, no, they I don't Okay, here's a, what do we got for a, who's a sophomore on the team? Alex O'Connell. What's Alex O'Connell majoring in? And Alex O'Connell's a goofy looking guy. <laughs> yeah, I think maybe they just don't list their majors on the Duke page. Interesting. See, I feel like that's like 90% common for teams listed on online. Mm-hmm. So that's a little suspicious. They must all be undecided, taking communications degrees. It's a little, uh, it's a little fishy. Yeah, might need to do some investigating into, uh, in Duke basketball. Yep. All right, my not this week is uh, MacBooks. <laughs> Everybody knows that. Well, anybody who follows me on Twitter knows that I had a little bit of a issue with my O key yesterday mm-hmm. on the on the old MacBook. Declared that I would no longer tweet any words with the letter O. Uh, woke up this morning, and it got. It became clear that apparently I wasn't going to tweet words with any letters because the keyboard really 
didn't work at all. So that was problematic. Yeah. Especially that's like your job to, to type things. Yeah. Uh, when writing words is your profession, you usually need to be able to write words. Mm. So I tried to go to the Apple store, see what I could do. They said, we can fix it, but we got to take your computer and mail it somewhere. Yeah. And that process could take weeks, four to six weeks was basically the estimation that they gave me. And you're basically going to have to pay for like a new computer too, right? Yeah, essentially. Uh, and I said, well, I can't do that. Uh, don't want to pay $1,500 for a new MacBook mm. because that is... A, a, with this one now, I'm like, I'm getting a little tired of doing this whole thing. Yeah. You know, with the... I've, this is That computer was not even two years old. Yeah. And so... Uh, I'm off the MacBook train, which is a very big step for you because I know that you have had, like had Apple stuff like connected in your life. I and I, you've explained this to me on prior pods that you had been like a big you know keep everything Apple right guy. I'm, I'm very pro Apple. My life is very ingrained in the Apple uh, Ecos ecosystem. Ecosystem, but I'm out. I'm done. Um, the computers also remain very expensive. Yeah. Uh. So I have to give a shout out to my mom. She helped me out uh, my, my Christmas present. So thank you, mom. Yep. Thanks, Mrs. For, Stansberry. For being my, uh, for helping me continue to do my job because I was in a, in a spot where I was like, am I going to eat <laughs> for the next two months? Yeah. Or am I going to make money to try and be able to eat again in the future? Yep. Uh, so I was kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place. Mm. And so uh, you got an early Christmas gift in a while. Got an early Christmas gift and it is not a MacBook. No, it is not. It's got the uh, the old Windows logo on the back there. It does. It is a Microsoft Surface Laptop 2. Oh, really? So is it it's not is it one of those that can like fold and stuff? It doesn't uh, look like it from here, but I don't think so. I really haven't done like any kind of <laughs> goofing around on it. No, like I that. I really just got it was at the point where I was like, I don't even care. Like I will take anything at this point. If it runs the Adobe Creative Suite and it has the internet, then I'm cool with it. And the O key works. Yeah, and the O key works. Yeah. But what sucks is that there's no TweetDeck app. I didn't know there's no TweetDeck app for oh. Windows. So huh. I'm a little pissed about that because I'd like to, I don't want to have like a web browser open all the time when I need to be on TweetDeck. That's kind of surprising. I would figure they'd have compatibility for that. You would think made so. Made up by now. You would think so. But so far, I don't have any complaints about it. I think that I'll probably, uh, I was always like downloading stupid stuff on my Mac, you know, like thinking I'd play a game or something like that on it. Cause it's like, you have the Mac app store. Yeah. I feel like on this, I probably will literally only have the things that I need. <laughs> you want to keep it as efficient and fast as you can. You exactly. Know? I don't trust. This is just the, the Mac, you know, it, state of mind built in yeah. to me still where I'm like, I don't know how much I trust this computer. And eventually I'm sure that me and this computer will build up a great deal of trust and we will be good, good friends. Yeah. You know, we'll make a great team. Right now, I'm still in the feeling it out pay, uh, stage. So it'll probably be like what five years before you like fully feel comfortable, like <laughs> at this point. Probably this is. I got my first Mac computer when I was a freshman in high school. So so you've had 2009. You've had one for so you've had 10 a, years. You've had a laptop before I had a laptop because I got mine in freshman year of college. Yeah, so. yeah. I've been writing for a long time, mm -hmm. just like doing stuff like that, but. uh this is, it, it feels weird. 
I'm like trying to just learn how to even navigate everything. Mm -hmm. I get messed up because on these computers you can like tap the thing. Oh yeah. And it will and it will click. Yeah. I, I need to get out of that. My wife's I need to get, uh, figure out how to turn that off. My wife's MacBook Air. I have a MacBook Pro. She has a MacBook Air. She has a set so that yeah, if you tap the 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 thing, then it clicks. And I'm like, yeah, man, that that's too I want to be able to like push something in to make it click. Well, I was trying to I was trying to use Photoshop earlier and I kept doing that and i was like damn it i don't want this i don't want you to do this <laughs> yeah stop uh so i'm gonna have to figure out how to turn that off but yeah. other than that it's all good and i will uh, hopefully i'll be able to continue to deliver high quality content to you folks at cyclefanatic.com that's what's important all right underrated underdogs you ready to go yep all right uh tuck last break, week tuck break for your underdogs yeah this week. real heartbroken hate, that hate uh my underdog Iowa lost on a last minute field goal. Hate to see it. Against Purdue. It was just really sad. I was uh shedding a few tears over the weekend over really, that. Really tough break in the end zone on the pass interference call. It's yeah, strange. I was I was uh outraged at the officials. I couldn't contain my anger. Believe me, uh Dolphin Dolphin Ed were too. Yeah. <laughs> I Rob, I haven't heard their call, but Rob I'm sure and they I were. were listening to the to the radio on the way back from Lawrence. That had to have been entertaining. So anyways, yeah, they lost. I'm now one and eight on the year. Still one game back from you because we'll, we'll cover how you lost. Um, so my pick this week is Cal. They are picked to lose by five and a half points against USC. And I just think that my logic here is that USC is not that good. I still think they're a little bit overrated. And I think that I, I believe I looked at Cal's schedule and they played a few good teams very close. So I think they'll be in this game and they very well could beat USC. There you go. Yeah, I don't think USC is that good. Mm. I I figured you wouldn't have a ton of analysis on that one, just because it's like, what do you know about Cal? Nope. I, I you know who the coach is though, right? Uh, it's not. Let's see, Jim Morris at US UCLA, right? Uh, yeah, like five years ago. <laughs> Who's there now? Wait, no, he maybe he was still there last year. I, it was it was more recent than five years ago. Yeah, Chip if, Kelly's if, the coach at UCLA now. That's right. Okay, I think I think it might have been because remember years Paul ago. Rhodes is with him. That's right. So. No, I, I guess it had to have been last year. I don't know who's at Cal now. Who is it? Isn't it Sonny Dykes? I, if it is, I have no idea. I think so. So, yeah, I'm a huge Sonny Dykes fan. That's why I picked Cal over USC this week. There you go. Uh, my underrated underdog last week. <laughs> I Hey. It hey, was okay. I'll give, hey, you, the, I'll give hey, you credit for picking them. It was a very I, bold pick. I was going to say, I said last week I, I was going out there on a limb. If we're going to play this game, then I'm going to go out there on a limb. I'm going to take a team. I'm going to do the same thing again this week. Just wait and I'll tease it. I'll, I'm going to do the same thing again this week. Okay. I would, I would even say that I'm looking at it. Your pick this week is more realistic than your pick last week. And I, that's saying something. I want to say you put it on the rundown. I don't remember what your exact words were. You said <laughs> Coach O did not come through. First of all, I want to make it clear. want to make it clear. It was not Coach O's fault. It was the player's fault. Bama's got some good players. A few. They've got a few good players. Okay. LSU, Coach O put those players in every position they needed to be put in to be successful. It's not my fault that they lost the battles. It's not Coach O's fault that they lost the See, battles. you're starting to sound like Kirk Ferentz. It was, it was the, the, at the execution. The, at the end of the day, go Tigers. That's all I needed to say. <laughs> but this week's underrated underdog. I have a little thing prepared. My underrated underdog this week is the Kansas Jayhawks. Plus 10 and a half on the road in the layer of the vampire. Yeah. So go, okay. This this next part I'm really looking forward to because this is going to be, this is going to be good. Everything is falling apart for the vampire, for Bill Snyder, for Kansas state. Folks are calling for his retirement. 
They're saying, it's time to move on, Bill. It's time to be done. Nobody wants his son, Sean. It's time to move on from this era and just and start over new. Several weeks from now, Iowa State will drive the final stake into the heart of the vampire. This will be the first stake into the heart of Manhattsylvania. <laughs> Trademark, me. Manhattsylvania, with the loss this weekend to Kansas, fired up for David Beatty and ready to get the W over the, the Wildcats. Supplanting, firmly placing them in the cellar of the Big 12 Conference and ending the era, the reign of the, in the Sunflower State. For this pick, I, I do hope that you're right. I would like to see that. And Manhattsylvania is a very creative idea. I like that. Man, I, I, yeah. I that has to become a thing. Like you should, you should start the campaign on Twitter. Manhattsylvania. Yeah. This is a, actually a completely other thing. Um, this goes back to when we were talking about Missouri earlier. How cool would it be if Missouri brought the telephone trophy and they played for it at the basketball game this weekend? I mean, you might as well, right? It's, it's, is it, it's just sitting somewhere in Columbia right now, I would guess, right? I assume so. Would you be shocked if it was like in a dumpster, though? If it like had been long ago put in a dumpster? Missouri might have forgotten about it altogether at this point. Yeah, Jeff told me that he thinks they didn't even bring it with them like the last three times that they came to Ames for football. <laughs> they probably didn't need to. All I'll say, I said this on Monday, I'll say it again today. If the administration and Quanzo Martin and the Tigers are not a bunch of cowards... They'll bring the telephone trophy to Ames on Friday night, and we will do it battle for it once and for all and bring it home to Ames, Iowa. I would like to – that's another series that I would like to see start back up in football, like, you know, the home, home and home. I would like to see Iowa State and Missouri do a home and home at some point. Missouri is so incredibly irrelevant. Like, it's weird because they're relevant while simultaneously being irrelevant. Like, mm -hmm. do you ever think about Missouri athletics? No. It's one of those things where you do, like just all of a sudden you'll see them on and you're like, oh yeah, I forgot Missouri plays sports. It's because they're they're so out of the the footprint footprint of the regular SEC. Right, that they're never in the conversation, you know, no. and like they're never good enough to be up there at the top of it's like, oh, they're going to a cool bowl game or something. That first year, it's two, like Vanderbilt, like they're on the same playing field as Vanderbilt. That first year or two that they were in the SEC, they made a little bit of noise, but after that, it's been like. Oh, yeah, Missouri faded into irrelevance, and now who really cares about them at all? Remember Doriel Green Beckham? Yes. That guy was a freak. He was, but he, he liked the reefer a little too much. Yeah, I think he liked, from everything I've ever heard, I think he liked... More than that? Lots of things. Oh, okay. <laughs> a little bit too much. Gotcha. Uh, I think there was a lot of guys in the program at that time that liked lots of things a little bit too much. Yeah. From people that I've talked to that attended the University of Missouri. Because Doriel Green Beckham was like the number one overall recruit in the country, wasn't he? Yeah. Or at least I want to say he actually receiver. was from Columbia. He might have been. Yeah. Hometown guy. But they had a bunch of dudes. I mean, uh, Michael Sam. Yep. You know, Shane Ray. Like they had a bunch of dudes who were really good during that span. Who's the one guy that was with, uh, didn't the dude who kept getting in trouble played for the Niners and the Raiders and... Uh, um. He got arrested like what six or seven times. Alden Smith or something like yeah, that? Yeah, Alden Smith. He went to Missouri yeah. too, didn't he? He might have. I don't remember that much. Like the guys from the aftermath of the Chase Daniel era. Yeah. In the Blaine Gabbert years. Which was a dark era for Iowa State. Coincided with those eras. Coinciding with when they forgot to bring the telephone trophy <laughs> to Ames. Yeah. Which again, can you really blame them? I mean, come on. Exactly. All right. But yeah, going back to full circle, Kansas is this week's 
underrated underdog for I, me. And again, I like that pick better than your pick last week of LSU. Because, I, I mean, you can't pick against Alabama, dude. Even if it's Coach O. Sorry. Does anybody have a chance to beat him? Um, this might seem Can Clemson weird. do it? Clemson, I would say. Um, I would even say... Oklahoma, just because I think Oklahoma. Shut up! No, no. Way. I mean, I know their defense no sucks. And I, okay, it would, it would be literally like every every like possession would be back and forth. It'd be whoever created a turnover at the end of the game it would, would like be. be who won. I, I mean, there would not be many punts. I would take the under on punts in that game. Oh yeah, there would only be like two max punts. Right, because even the LSU game, that game was still super SEC. You know. Yeah. They lost like they Alabama won what thirty to zero, mm-hmm. and. It was still super SEC because Alabama still punted a bunch of times. Like they were punting inside their own 40 and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. See, that game, that game was rather tightly contested for a 30 to zero game. Mm -hmm. You know, it was just they could not do anything on offense. And at the end of the day, it was like LSU's defense was on the field so long. Yeah. It's like eventually they're just going to score, you know, that that was going to happen. But I mean, what was it at halftime? Like, 16 to 0 or something. Something like that, yeah. It wasn't, so, it wasn't too out of hand. No. So. I stand by it. It was the closest 30 to 0 game in the history of college football. I guess you could say that, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, we got to move on to would you rather do it. Okay. Pick a number. Feeling squirrely today, sorry. Pick a number between 1 and 250. <laughs> uh, 169. Nice. Question 169. Would you rather destroy a priceless painting or all of your mom's fine china? Does your mom have fine china? Or, uh, or does she spend all of her money on a new laptop for her son that she can afford <laughs> fine china? No. Uh, no, she like collects a lot of stuff. So, okay. so like something, I don't think it's like china, though. It's okay, like, so whatever your mom collects, would you rather destroy all of that or a priceless painting? Where's the painting at? Like, is it? Say it's the Mona Lisa. Would you rather destroy the Mona Jesus. Lisa? Or well, the only, the only, okay. <laughs> so, do I want to become like an international villain, or do I want to break your mom's heart? Right? Do I? Does my mom? <laughs> I just like. Is my mom just gonna be mad at me? Yeah. No, of course I would destroy the painting. I, I would do it. I'd have to. Going to jail over breaking I, your mom's heart, huh? Because at least I know then my mom will come and visit me in federal prison like after I've uh, after I've destroyed the Mona Lisa. That's sweet. That's like cuteness overload. Good job. Good job out of you. Thanks. What would you do? Um, I would have to say that I think I would have to destroy my mom's uh, stuff. I hope Mrs. Fitz does Because my mom... This. Loves me unconditionally. Even if I destroyed all of her stuff, she would still love me. So that's, I think that's that my was, answer. I think that was wrong. Even if she destro- I destroyed all of her stuff, she'd still love me. It, yeah, she would. I'm, I'm throwing it out there. Should we test it? Um, no. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Uh, I'll, I'll pick one this time. Let's do... Okay, here's a good one. Would you rather be able to take back anything you say or hear any conversation that is about you? Take back anything you say. What do you mean? So like you say it and then all of a sudden you can just be like, no, wait, I want that back. Yeah. I would think that if you say it, then like any wake that came out of that, you could automatically reverse or get rid of. So it's like you never said it basically. Or hear every conversation about you. Yep. I don't know. I 
I feel like I probably wouldn't want to hear every conversation about that's, me. That's what my, my thinking is too. Like you, you could get some utility about, out of being able to um, take anything back because you could experiment with like saying lots of stuff and see how it goes and like not have to worry about anything. But at the same time, if you hear everything about you, then you're going to hear a lot of stuff you don't want to hear. Well, it would suck. Like what would suck is hearing people that you like think like you, you know, say and bad then, stuff. right. And then you hear that they like are saying mean things about you and you're like, damn. Yeah. That hurts. Yep. You know, there's playing me. But at the same time, then you would know who your true friends are. Because so you know. There's some value in that. But at the same time, I mean, like, even your true friends, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I've never had a conversation about some of my best friends where. You talk crap where about it's them, like You're yeah. not talking crap, but it's just like you're being real. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. It's like everyone's not, got their faults. And some of them are a lot of those things, unless you're like that asshole. Like, you're not going to say that to their face, at least not in the way that you're probably saying it to somebody else, yeah. you know? And so it's like, I, I don't know. Mm -hmm. You'd be very aware of reasons that people don't like you. Yeah. And in a way, you could use that to improve yourself, right. which is good. Would, but you'd also probably, I'm sure there would be some conversations that are positive. Yeah, for sure. So in a way, you would hear a lot of good things that you might not have heard otherwise. So, so yeah. it's like, you're, either your head's going to get too big from all the good conversations that you hear about you or you're going to hate yourself because of all the bad conversations that you hear about you. Yeah. All right. I want to know what you think first. <laughs> what I think, I think I, I would still, I would still go with, uh, I would want to be able to take back anything I say just because again, I, I think I, I would too. I feel like there is a lot more upside and a lot, uh, there's less downside, more upside, less downside to that one. And I think, you know, again, I don't need to know everything that's said about me if I can control what I say, you know? I also know from screenshots that you've showed me before of things that Hawkeye fans say on some of those message boards about us. Yeah. I don't think that I would like want to know what some of those conversations between those people are like. Yeah. And dude, I actually ran into some guy. I think I was at Whiskey River one night and my roommate works at Whiskey River. So I was just like, yeah, I was like going in to say what's up mm. and uh, some Hawk fan who's actually buddies with my, with my boy Hurst. What's up, Ost? Uh, he came up to me and he thought it was like the funniest thing ever that I was there. Really? Yeah. And it was like, uh, he was probably really drunk, but yeah. at the same time, I was like, damn, I, he was like, yeah, he's like, go Hawks though. I was like, <laughs> okay, dude. Okay, man. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. I couldn't tell if he like thought that he was talking trash. Mm. And it was like, he was just too was drunk like, to cut realize. Me deep, or yeah. it was like, he was just like being a drunk asshole, you know? That's the thing. Like, and I was like, I was like, okay. <laughs> it's funny because like when, when Hawkeye fans or whoever, whatever fan base you are, but I think Hawkeye fans say go Hawks a lot. And I feel like they think that like, oh man, that's such an insult. To that's like fans. It's saying go Hawks to a Cyclone fan, like unprompted. I feel like is, it's just so the call. It's the college football equivalent. Of thinking that you're owning the libs. It's <laughs> it is, like, yeah. It's like, own the clones. Yeah. You know? I, oh, I got him. Yeah. Sure got him. Man, I really showed that guy. I said, go Hawks. He had to listen to me. Ha. But yeah, dude, it's, it's, it doesn't do anything. It's like, okay, congrats. You're a Hawkeye fan. Right. Good for you. Well, yeah. In reality, you're just like, okay. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Sounds good, man. All right, uh, let's do one more, and right. we'll we'll close it off for the week. Let's With, see. Sometime we should do like a we should just you should pull up that that site 
We should just go through and like read them. Like, wait, wait, wait. Like, like straight down like the, the yeah. page kind no, of No, not like read the whole thing, but like bad ones. Like go through and read a bunch uh, of them. Or like even do like a compilation video, like where it's like Get Bloom and C-Dub and like everybody. Oh, yeah, yeah. And we're all, and it's like, it's like what on Jimmy Kimmel when they do bad tweets. Bad tweets. Yeah. And it's like, we just that do would, that kind of stuff. That would be pretty entertaining. Um, there, yeah, I would have to draw the line though, because I, from what I've seen, like there's, there's some really mean stuff. Oh yeah. You sent me some that were like, yeah. I think they were about bloom maybe that were really, really. Yeah. That, that one point. Yeah. It was like short jokes about bloom, which it, honestly, like that doesn't even touch like the service for of a lot of stuff. Honestly. Really? Yeah. Okay. We might have to talk about that off there. We might have to, but yeah, it's, it depends. Um, on how angry they are at us on that particular yeah. day. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. All right. Um, let me see if I can find another good one. Man, I'm just waiting for when. Or I'm I'm glad I don't have to pay rent to be in their head, but you know that's yeah. cool. None of us do. <laughs> exactly. All right. What's your? Let's get this last one done. All right. All right. Just pick a number between two hundred one and two hundred fifty again. Is this the same list that we did the other time when I already picked sixty nine? Um, I'm looking at sixty nine right now. It, okay, sixty nine is kind of like something we've had before, so let's let's avoid it. Okay, let's do. 32. David Montgomery. Fred Hoiberg. Uh, you know. All the good, all the good players yeah. in Iowa State history. All the good 32s. All right. Would you rather always have a song stuck in your head or always have an itch that you can't reach? <laughs> song stuck in my head, without a doubt. I, I have a song stuck in my head most of the time anyway. Is okay, it just so one song? That's or like, the thing. I was going to say, like, what if it's just one song? If you had to have one song stuck in your head for the rest of your life, what would you want it to be? Um, I would probably go with, like, Bohemian Rhapsody just because I feel like there's so many different parts of it. And it's like, it's... I haven't gotten sick of listening to Bohemian Rhapsody. I would choose Mr. Brightside by The Killers. That's a good one. Because that's just a great song. It is. That song's like stayed at the top of the UK charts for like so long. It's one of my karaoke choices. It's a good one. Great song. It's a, it's a very easy song to sing along to for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. So that, yeah, it's easy because like having an itch you can't scratch would be so annoying. Oh, yeah. And the like the the song stuck in your head. Even when you have a song stuck in your head, it's not like constant, you know? No. Because you have other thoughts besides that song. Yeah, you, but you it's can, like when you stop thinking about other things, then all of a sudden you've got like the song stuck in your head. Again. Yeah. Whereas having an itch constantly, that would be like physical. Yeah. You would be disrupted and you wouldn't be able to think about anything other than like, oh God, I can't get rid of this itch. So yeah, we're in agreement on that one. Now I have Mr. Brightside stuck in my head. <laughs> all right, man. Uh, good podcast. Yep. Talk to you again next week. We are officially six episodes out from number 50 yeah that's well now be... okay i mean after now yes yeah. we're five episodes <laughs> out i'm gonna count this because i have a feeling that that will be like our extravaganza episode that we do we did last year will be number 50 all right so there's one so there's 45 46 47 48 49 50 will will literally come out one week before Christmas. Really? Yeah. So, and last year... So, we, okay, we... We gave out gifts for a podcast last year. Yeah, we? we gave gifts to our... Uh, to people in the in the Big 12 and stuff. That's right. Cyclone fan. We, we, can, like we Cyclone. could probably do something similar to that again this year. Or something. Yeah, I think we could probably think of what something. What do you have in mind for like a smorgasbord? Anything? I don't know, but we did like a two-hour podcast last year. Remember? Yeah, you're right. We made it extra long. We might have to do that again. We might have to go into we could, on random things territory. What if we even did like a, a you know, so I'm going to do the podcast where I pull like great moments from the podcast throughout the year. Mm. What if we just like emceed it and that's what it was. And that's like our, that's our 50th episode. Just like going through and doing all these things. That'd be fun. 
We should. I I already know that I'm gonna do one segment where it's like the worst takes of the year. <laughs> there's probably some really bad ones. Oh yeah, I know that there's some. That's Especially like, from our un- underrated underdog segment. Well, but. dude, we do. All of us do so many podcasts. Yeah. I, I am gonna count how many did podcasts we put out in 2018. I oh, mean, it will, it will be a stupid amount. You yeah, know? in the thousands. Yeah. Well, maybe not in the thousands. It's probably gonna be pushing it at least. Well, we do. Okay, so I mean, in the summer it wasn't the same. You know. Yeah, that's true. That's true. We basically are on a thing now where we do five a week, you know, and what's five times 52? I guess that's not near a thousand. That'd be more like in the hundreds, but it's like 250. Yeah. But still that's what, I mean, so I've probably done 150 podcasts this year. Mm. That's a lot, that's a lot of of time to, to say a lot of stupid stuff. It is. You know? Yeah. But you've probably gotten a lot right too. So you get to. That's what we'll do. We'll do like best. Give yourself some credit. We'll do too. best takes and, and, worst takes and worst takes. That could be like an ultimate hot knot segment, honestly. Oh, yeah. It, you, ultimate hot knot. We're not. putting it together already. This Boom. is going to be a great idea. All right. All right. Thanks again to the professional MBA program at the Ivy College of Business at Iowa State University. I'm really getting this down now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll talk to you guys again next week. Beat the Tigers, beat the Bears. Peace.